1: damn Vietnamese, these biloxi blues it happens every night every old night i ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine some no. Never treats me I don't it care. It's trouble on my mind. So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my nose, and I'll see you at another time. Sweet! This highway does, does not know, know my name, and I don't, don't care. Care. No, I
2: don't care. Dude, some old highway don't know my name? Uh-uh. Mm-mm.
1: Heading my way for another place. Got three good tires and
2: a spare. Right to the hook, right here, as the children call it.
1: Just a white line tipsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep there. Oh. Budgets
2: live. The not-so live variety from the low budget live bar and grill here in beautiful southern middle Tennessee. And this is the podcast for Monday, December the third. You bunch of low lifers, the first one of the last month of this year of twenty twenty-three. And we are almost there, man. It's almost twenty twenty-four. And I say it all the time, it goes by. Them them pages on the calendar. They 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 just they go a little faster as the beard gets a little more and more uh gray. Every day, uh, but welcome, you bunch of low lifers to the podcast. Appreciate each and every one of you tuning in. If you're new to the show and you're wondering what a low lifer is, well, that's what you are now because that's what the fine, fine listeners and viewers, the loyal low lifers, refer to themselves as. And if you're wondering what that song was, it's Biloxi Blues. You can find it everywhere. I do get asked this a lot, uh, still. But it is written by me and sang by me. I had somebody on Facebook. Hey, I'm trying to find the guy that sounds like a weed eater singing at the first of this uh, Goofy Fishing Podcast. And that's what it is. It's Biloxi Blues. It's like a 10-year-old recording. I need some new music out there. I get it. And especially after a weekend, the Triple Threat and I just had just uh, we had a date weekend. I dated her all weekend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we just went on some dates out in public, and uh, and and the kids were all busy, and and so we went two nights in a row. We were up past midnight, and I know. I know that's crazy, but we, uh, we went to Friday night, went to Nashville to see Brent Cobb, and a young man by the name of J.D. Clayton opened for Brent Cobb, and I would suggest if you don't know who Brent Cobb is, shame on you, but if you don't know J.D. Clayton, look him up as well, but Brent is one of my favorite songwriters in this old world and I uh, got to see him there in nashville good friend of 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 the traveling circus world my buddy austin boyd who did the original traveling circus back in 19 when we filmed on the flw tour he followed every waking moment triple threat and i talked about him when we did the live I haven't seen him many moons he has done some film work for jd clayton he ended up being at the show got to hang out with him so it was great great to see uh the he's really the lob we call trey the lob austin was really the first one to take on the lob uh title when he was on the road with me and sam george but had a great time there and then last night recording this on sunday this is the podcast for december 3rd on a monday but last night we went to a very cool place if you're ever in tennessee called the caverns in Pelham, Tennessee. If you've ever seen a show, uh, bluegrass underground or music underground, I think it's on PBS, amazing series, but they have a, they have a live music video in a cavern in the middle of absolute nowhere. I thought I lived in the middle of the middle of nowhere. It's a couple hours from the house, but, uh, my old buddy Cody Cannon, Whiskey Myers, they were doing their stripped down acoustic tour right now. And if it is not sold out and it comes near you, And you're a fan of their music at all i cannot suggest that enough fantastic like it was such a cool show because they're a rock band whiskey myers is a rock band for the most part and it was very it was very cool very cool so go catch that i think they're only doing it they're they're very limited number of shows but go go check it out if it gets in your area but i got to see uh got to see cody and and the guys good good people good good people uh it's 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 what i say about my buddy Ryan and the, and the boys from Turnpike it's it's amazing zero ego with these folks that are absolutely killing it on a, on a large stage uh Aaron Ratier and Brent Ca Co- uh excuse me Aaron Ratier and Adam Hood Brent Cobb is supposed to be there as well open the show aaron i've uh, i met many many years ago through my dear friend John Decius Aaron's one of my favorite songwriters as well absolute look Aaron up got an album out single wide dreamer fantastic Adam Hood Legend. Been doing it for a very long time. Adam and I talk a good bit. We had never met in person until last night. So uh, good to catch up with all those folks. And that always does my music. My music, uh, you know, just fire gets it burning when i go see those uh those folks man out there just doing it man it's uh it's so much fun but uh triple threat and i needed that we always try to do that in december kind of part of our christmas go to a nice dinner and uh, we stretched her out there two two nights of it so good times absolutely were had this weekend gonna jump into the sponsors real quick real quick real quick and then we're gonna man i have uh I, I have been a longtime fan, and I'm proud to call him a friend of the show and a friend of mine with our guest today. So, goodness gracious, it's a good one. It is a good one. Startron kicking ethanol in the teeth in your weed eater and chainsaw and your outboard engine. If you're parking that thing, if you, you got ice on the water, ice on the water, put some Startron in your tank. Keep ethanol from going up the works whenever you go to. Get that thing back out of the garage, or maybe you're hunting so much like I am right now, you know. And the boat sits around too much. Put some Startron in you, your tank. Like I said, lawnmower, leaf blower, whatever you got, Startron. Pro Guide Batteries, ProGuideBatteries.com, ProGuideBatteries.com, batteries.com That is where you can find them. Code LBL10. It's where you can uh, get you a little discount. Let them know you're a low or They have a sale right now. on several of their lithium batteries that runs through December 31st. So ladies or gentlemen, get your ladies to buy you some Pro Guide batteries. If now is the time, get on there. Check out the lithiums, the AGMs as well. If you don't want lithiums, the AGMs are absolute fire. I ran the 31 series AGMs as trolling batteries and cranking batteries here in the last couple years. I've made the switch to lithium and I'm very, very impressed, but the AGMs are rock solid. You cannot, absolutely cannot beat them. ProGuideBatteries.com. Bait-Works.com. Bait-Works.com. They got the LOB jig. We're working on something for the classic with the LOB jig. Baitworks will be there in attendance with a booth they bring in the whole store to Tulsa excited to hear that these folks support me they're fantastic fantastic people to work with but we're working on a little something special with that LOB but go check out the LOB if you have not the custom 3 alt trocar hook you're not going to straighten this hook out you can throw it on big line but it is a power finesse jig so it's a it does big things in a small package seven custom colors and that finer than frog hair skirt material and i hand tied all these skirts sent them to them they were able to copy that in the finer than frog hair skirt material that we have could not be happier with this and we are working on one right now boy i'm excited about it to be honest uh to be very honest bait-works.com duncan-10 is going to save you money there and right now they are having a 20 percent off sale on dobbins rods and that basically makes you on the pro staff There's, there's folks out here flexing that they're on the pro staff for less than that Go to bait-works.com, order you some Dobbins rods. They're fantastic rods. Uh, I have used those over the years. And uh, Dobbins rods, 20% off, bait-works.com. And last but not least, hang the Imaginary Banner Express Boats, the Bassmaster Classic winning first ever aluminum boat to bring a Bassmaster Classic trophy around the arena. 96-inch beam where you can put your trophy. deck bow to stern so that trophy won't slip. You ain't going to slip on it either. Super comfortable, easy to clean. 250 Yamaha shell on the back. They are Yamaha exclusive, which is a good thing because those motors are <whistles> spicy. They're amazing. Best whole shot in the game, in my opinion. In my opinion, 21 Feet of Fury and the 21 LE that I'm using. And mine is officially with its new home, headed to its new home as we speak. And I will be picking up my new ride, hopefully, this week. But don't, don't sleep on the X-19, the H-17, so many boats, the bay boats, they have a boat that fits your need, fits your budget right now, right? We're all low budget, we're low lifers, interest rates are through the roof. But if you are shopping for a new boat right now is the time, contact an express boat's dealer. Express boats building excitement since nineteen sixty six. Express boats, I'll be with those folks. I always you hear me talk about that they're like family, and uh and they are very much like family and and uh you're it's it's the express boats family uh, we say that for a reason but i will be with those guys out in arkansas next weekend so december let me check my notes december the 9th to make sure uh the triple threat is my brain most of the time she's not here december the night so i will be if you're in and around arkansas uh the stuttgart is how i say that stuttgart i think people say it's Stuttgart. it's you know the duck hunting capital of the just the damn world and this is the first weekend it opens up after the split i know i got a lot of duck hunters that listen if you are out there in that world we will be at rich and tone rnt game calls uh on december the 9th at their flying duck tap room it's their bar there i've never been there here it's very cool but myself bill lowen lee livesy raro The new team member, Lee Livesey, Big Lee, and Caleb Summerall, myself, with some other folks from Express, we will be there. I will be playing some tunes from one to five. We'll be hanging out. I'm not going to play music for that entire time because I like to be able to talk on the podcast. And I will probably lose my voice if I sing for four hours straight these days. So used to do that. Used to do that a lot. But we'll be there, Stuckard, Arkansas, RT, Flying Duck tap room one to five neck this coming saturday as you listen to this december the night so if you're out there you want to come get a bite to eat, get you a drink come listen to some music come meet the express elite guys ask them questions uh maybe get a selfie with caleb summerall maybe challenge caleb summerall to arm wrestle i may bring the triple threat and have her arm wrestle caleb summerall uh but come hang out with us gonna be doing uh we're gonna be doing a little duck hunting out there as well so check us out right there if uh if you're in the area, and I actually have a lot of friends that are going to be in the area, so it should be a good time, should be a good turnout there. All right, moving on, the bass fishing world. Uh really cool deal, in my opinion, was announced this week and and a much needed thing in the bass fishing world. The West Coast does tend to get ignored. I've talked about that a lot on here anytime a schedule comes out for a national trail west coast anglers like what the hell and i get it uh, because it is such a sacrifice for the west coast guys to come but you primarily make your living in the midwest to the southeast it is very much the way it is and understandably so these are business these tournament trails are businesses cost a lot for them to go out west there's uh, not a ton of guys there might be more if they went out there and i understand that but there's just a, a huge cost involved to take the whole, you know, shooting match out there. But Bass pulled out of the West a long time ago. So did FLW. There's really no qualifying trails. Uh, there used to be the Western Opens, and that's how we found guys like Ish Monroe and Skeet Reese back in the day. The John Murrays came up out there crushing. Uh, Dean Rojas, so many different uh, people, and the list goes on and on and on and on, cut their teeth out there. And, uh, you know, Josh Bertrands, There's so many great Western anglers. Um, that I've left so many out, but, but one bass, W O N one, like I won that tournament out there. Uh, they put on the U S open fantastic event that I wish I could, I could go, uh, participate in one of these years, such a cool event, but legendary event in the sport of bass fishing, but the one bass U S open. So one bass, they've struck up a deal with Bassmaster, and they will be sending anglers. You can qualify. You have to be a bass member, but through the one bass that's already going down, Great tournament trail. They are going to send people to the Federation, uh, the Bass Nation. I can't remember what all this crap's called anymore. It's all changed so many times. But the Bass Nation Championship, uh, they're going to actually send folks there. And these are Pro-Am style events. Very cool. So you can get to the Classic through the West again and that and I think that's a that's a very very good thing and we'll certainly see some western anglers making that uh trip to the Bassmaster Classic through that so so kudos to one bass and Bassmaster for figuring that out that that was a simple way to be affiliated and notch that right there I like it I like that a lot um the only way that that gets better is if you don't have to go through the nation and just one bass is like technically part of bass like the bass arm out there and if you win say the u.s open or what have you you get to go to the class that would be cool that'd be very cool too uh another opportunity for a western guy that doesn't leave the west to make it to the classic be pretty 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 cool to see uh it's that time of year again i'm seeing the marked safe from getting an invite to the uh (laughs) to the invitationals those memes going around uh I've seen so many people posting and look dude it's tough it's it's, I get it I say this all the time I I am empathetic in a way to things going on with MLF because it's it's it is the tournament game is not easy especially in this economy it's just not but I've seen so many people that are like dude I fished two BFLs as a co-hangler and I got invited to fish as a pro in the invitationals now Let's, let's just break that down from a fundamental standpoint. So that's the trail that qualifies you for the Bass Pro Tour now. All right. Like that's, that's how you get to, and look, the opens qualify for you for the elite series and anybody can sign up. Anybody can sign up for the MPFLs. There's a, there's an application process, but anybody can sign up, but the MPFL doesn't necessarily lead you to other things. Uh, we've had anglers make the elite series, obviously not through the MPFL, but showed their merit through the opens and the MPFL and now they're Elite Series superstars. But uh, but that being said, it always has been pay to play in in most ranks, but it's just it's so crazy to me that this emphasis is put on this is the top level of the sport, but we're inviting people to the qualifying rounds essentially, if you got 30 grand and a pulse and a and a major league fish and MLFLW membership. It's not a good look, dude. It's not a good look. And and again, the economy's headed. It doesn't appear to be good. Lots going on? People holding their dollars close to their vest. Uh, but... That ain't a good look. And I've seen a lot of people that follow the show have sent me, hey, I got, here's my invite letter. I literally fished one as a co-angler. I fished a Toyota series as a co-angler and I caught two bass and I got invited to be a pro in the invitationals. And there are, and I'm looking right at the camera. And I said, there are some dummies out there that are going to take this opportunity. Friends, I wish I could zoom in. Listen, if you fished one event as a co-angler in a BFL or two, and you got that little email, and you've got the money sitting there, that's great. Okay? Go do it. Live your dream. But if you don't have the money to do it and you got to try to scrounge it up, you're calling sponsors, and this goes for whatever league it is, and you're calling people, I need some money because I can go do this. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you're not prepared in some way, you don't have a plan, this wasn't part of your plan, don't go do it. A, you're going to get your teeth kicked in because them boys do not play. Do not play because there are a lot of them that didn't get that invite that are already there trying to get to Bass Pro Tour level and and can and can mix it up with anybody in the country. They're going to kick your teeth in. You're going to come home and your wife is going to be gone and all your crap is going to be something like don't sell your house and move in with your in your mom's basement to fish the invitationals. If you fished one FLW MLFLW event ever, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't do that. I'm begging you. If you're listening to the show, I hope I did not insult you by saying you should not do that. But do not do that. It is not a good idea. It's just not. I've seen people post, y'all think I should do it? Don't do it. I'm here to tell you, don't do it. It's not a good idea. It's literally the worst business decision you're ever going to make. And maybe you have a standout here. Maybe you you go from co-angler at single A apparently you didn't have a boat or you didn't want to use it to the big time but buddy there's a big bunch of steps we skipped right there so just just don't don't it's because it's easy to get excited oh i got an opportunity it's easy to get excited but i promise you that opportunity will come again and will come again but i do feel like that circuit if it leads to the bpt to some level you got to be able to qualify i don't know um and they'll qualify you <laughs> if you do decide to pay your money. They go. There's some boys over there going to qualify you once you get there. You're going to find out, ew, ew. we have made a grave error here. We have made a great error. I didn't get invited, though. Dude, I used to. I was on the tour, right? I didn't even get invited. So I, that, hurt, that hurts my heart. I'm not a current member. That hurts my heart. I did not get invited. So, Boyd, I don't know why we keep dancing around this, man. I don't know why you don't invite the low-lifer back, but this what it is, man. So I guess I'm just going to be stuck running my mouth with MPFL and Alabama Bass Trail and fishing with my kids again. Rats. <laughs> Rats. All right. This guy, I said this last week about David Fritz, fishing hero. Old school fishing hero for me, for sure. This guy, if you've listened to the show for very long and you've listened to his show for very long, you've seen me on there. I give him uh, all the credit in the world for this existing. Really for a lot of things in my life existing because of this podcast, because without this man, without his show, I I would have never ventured off into this world, to be honest. I went on his show a lot, and I was uh, with him, his crew. They were so kind to me in every way. They were always in my corner when I was fishing FLW. And I met this guy several times when I was – kid and coming up fishing terms he's always super kind and uh and i and i do owe him a lot and he knows that because I, t- I feel i hope he knows that because i tell him that every time i get the chance and i always will it means a lot to me he's one of my fishing heroes as a kid he's so many people uh they fishing hero he has been controversial he has never been afraid to speak his mind but he is always himself always. He has won almost 3 million dollars or over 3 million dollars in professional fishing. He's a bassmaster classic champion. He's a bassmaster angler of the year. He's a federation champion back in the day. He's the host of the My World show on Waypoint TV right now. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Jersey, the Jersey, Jersey Maine. Jersey Maine. Mike Mike Iaconelli. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, here he is, the one and only, one of my heroes. I had, I had an old school fishing hero of mine on last week with David Fritz with this guy right here. And he knows that I've told him many, many times. He's one of my heroes in life. Mike Iaconelli, welcome back to Low Budget Live.
3: How you doing? Well, I appreciate that because David Fritz is a hero of mine as well. And I don't know, a lot of people don't know this, but I drew out david fritz in a bass top 100 or top 150 pro-am that i fished as an amateur back on lake norman in i think it was 93 i drew out with him and um,
2: ever heard that story
3: dude it was unbelievable it actually changed the scope of my life because you know watching those guys back then they were four-day tournaments and i drew out with fritz gary klein tommy biffle and Cliff Craft, all in the same tournament. They were four-day events. And honestly, I can tell you that that experience drew me to want to do it myself, you know? Um, But that day in particular, watching him, you know, with a crankbait, and and you got to remember, Luke, you know this, but I'm from Jersey. We don't, it doesn't go down in Jersey like it does in other places. Right, right. And I got to watch him on Lake Norman with a crankbait fishing that, you know, that, 10 to 20 foot zone cranking. And it was a eye opener for me, you, you know, because up to that point, I never really, you know, I saw it in magazines and watched it, but now you're watching it in person and it blew me away at how good he was with that technique. And, and I'm going to say it pre high tech electronics. You yes. Know? Yes. His, his ability, man, you can't even talk about forward face sonar anymore. You know, people love you or hate you, but this was he was using a flasher he was lining up he used a marker buoy he had a fiberglass rod he was not looking at his rod tip he was purposely causing delay like all these things that i'm watching and i'm like i did i did really terrible in that first tournament cuz the whole time on the back deck i was like yeah you got you. Glued. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're glued it was crazy but um great great piece of my life you know having a chance to fish with him and he's 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 one of my heroes, too.
2: So something he said last week, and, and you just saying your mind was blown, because I feel like bass fishing was beating the bank, essentially, for so many of us. I, I mean, yeah. if you grew up fishing ponds, that's what you're yeah. doing. You, maybe your first bite ever came on a buzz bait or a topwater frog or a hula yeah. popper. Who knows? But that offshore world to me when I was 10, 12, even growing up on the Tennessee River, it was so – strange because you felt like you were in the middle of nowhere. And David made a comment last week about Patrick Walters. Yeah. And now, man, he can see one. And he's going down the forward facing rabbit hole, you know, and David's obviously he's, he's not a fan of where it's headed. It uh, se- seemed to me, he wasn't, Uh, you know, he didn't Randy block it necessarily, <laughs> but he was certainly, he was certainly, you know, uh, he's like, man, his mind was blown. Essentially. Yeah. And I said, and I said to him, Well, don't you think that there were some people in the bag lines when you were on the Fritz Blitz and they're flipping docks and they see you out there in the middle of the lake. There was a changing of the guard then, too. Right. Like, then all those guys started going out there. But don't you feel like I mean, and and social media wasn't around then necessarily to hear the griping or to see it uh, as much as we see it. But don't you think that that was similar to what we're experiencing
3: now? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, change or a, a new success always blows people away a little bit. You know, I think it's, it's human nature to want to, you know, not accept change because it's different, you know? So I think for sure, I think you could look back in the history of bass fishing and there were moments or anglers that, that caused change and it blew people away. Uh, but you know, it, in his, in his defense or in, in, you know, maybe the old guy's defense there was something very magical about the error when you were fishing with the bait, not necessarily with all the technology. And, and I'm not downing it because, honestly, listen, that survey, Bass sent a survey around to a handful of the anglers. And I said my honest answer in that survey was as much as I dislike forward-facing sonar, it's not a reason to get rid of it, right? You know, one person's opinion shouldn't be, you know, but I'm so thankful that my heyday in the sport, you know, my come up in the sport of professional fishing was in a time when you were fishing by feel and there was this magic of not knowing what was out there, you know, you were, you, you were, you know, working and grinding and, you know, I don't think coming up today, I don't think I would have been the angler I was in that time frame. For me, you mm-hmm. know, I really don't. I I think I, I maybe I'd be an average angler, maybe I'd be a below average angler. But one of the strengths of my my the height of my career, you know, my come up was the grind and working and just, you know, making 2000 casts, using the lure to find the fish and to find the cover and the structure. And that magic rock that was my that was my deal, and you know so, I'm so happy I was in that era, man. And and for a lot of reasons, you know, for for the fishing aspect, for that time frame, which was you know to me, two heydays of the sport. The one was the I'd call it early '80s to early '90s heyday of the sport. Uh, but another one to me, honestly, was that era I was in. It was the heyday of ESPN yes. and visibility and you know, like put me in any other error in fishing. And I don't think I would have the success that I late, had. So, yeah.
2: Wheaties I, boxes, late night talk shows.
3: Yes. All that. The Why exterior. are we not
2: there now? You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, feels, growing like, a sport, but where are we at? Like
3: we yeah. It feels like we went backward a bit, but I, man, I'm thankful. Like, you know, I get asked all the time, you know, man, would you change anything would you do it different yeah obviously luke you know there's things you go back and you man i wish i made a mistake there i wish i could have did that a little different but i don't want to change anything i came up in the perfect era for me and the perfect time and you know if 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 all the tournament fishing were to end for me today i'm very very happy with my career and how everything went you know
2: well, yeah, man, classic champ. I mean, you lived your dream from the federation and you, you say the come up like that is the best way I feel like to describe your entire career career just like you said, being from Jersey, you weren't exposed to so many of the lakes and patterns that you would get to run into head on out on the national, whether it was with FLW, whether it was with bass and dude, you had so much success uh, across the board and and still do man. And I, I do, I do think it's interesting because we get in these arguments, right? These LeBron Jordan arguments, you know, who would have been better, but you do have different eras in sports and we're living a different one now. And, and I do, I find it interesting that you say, man, I might, I might've just been an average angler. I don't believe that because of your work ethic. And I think the way you understand fish uh, and you're that before daylight to after dark guy, you always have been. So I feel like you can't say that about yourself. I'm not going to allow that on low budget live. I'm not going to say I would've been an average angler. No, you're far from an average angler. Uh, But, but we are certainly seeing something different and, and David said, you know, the, this incoming class and he's right. It's one of the youngest into the elites we've ever seen on average. Uh, but I do think about a young Ike and a young Van Dant. We've had those, but it, w- it certainly wasn't a youth movement like we see now.
3: Right. I, I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, you have to put it in context of uh, the information highway and the accessibility yeah. for a young angler back then. It was a different world. You know, it was, no high school tournaments and no college tournaments and no bash university and no low budget live. And you didn't have these things. And I think, you know, the route has gotten younger and younger because of the access to that information. Uh But, but, you know, that was a long time ago, but I vividly remember it, man, uh, fishing with them and, you know, having that determination to want to do it. And, you know, looking back at it, it was, I, I think I didn't realize at the time that the, this sport and your role as an angler is, wasn't just fishing. You know, I think like a lot of young guys, you might think that, well, if I'm a good fit angler, I can do everything, but it was, it was a very eye opening experience to be thrust into professional fishing and realize how important that other 50% is, which is the sponsorships and the promotions and the marketing. And, you know, I'm proud of that too. I'm, I'm proud of that. I got good at that without a lot of, you, you know, didn't have a lot of people to leverage, didn't have a, you know, you're looking at it at, at a far from New Jersey, trying to decipher what you need to do. And, um, I'm proud to look back and, you know, have created a good brand and have figured out ways to reach people and sell product and, you know, but keep in mind, and I want everybody to know this, listening and watching, you know, that side of the business is, is necessary, but it is not, um, trying to think of the right way to say it. It's not a given, you know, even at this stage, even at, right. Even at this stage in my career, you know, you, you have to work and hustle and create amazing things. But at the end of the day, you're at the mercy of the sponsor. And that, that is just an inherent thing with our sport. So, you know, fishing like, uh, you know, like I'm trying to think of some other examples like uh, Wall Street, like um, uh, maybe you know Hollywood or the music industry, mm-hmm. um, it's just as ruthless. And I'm here to tell you, ain't all good guys in the fishing industry. And
1: you know, among thieves, you know, know, things, you know, yeah. you know yeah. one of my favorite yeah. things, yeah.
3: And it's just as cutthroat and just as ruthless as other businesses. And you know, the reality of sponsorship is that. You know, at the end of the day, you try to do your best you can do for them, but, you know, there's no certainty there, you know, uh, guys like John Cruz that created their own Laura companies, yes. like the very, very smart guys, because at the end of the day, most of us are just, you know, we're just a number on a spreadsheet. And as your personal relationships change, or as the company changes, it's very, very easy to lose something that you thought was going to be a forever, you know? So, oh, Ruthless business, just like any other business, you know? Well,
1: that
2: word loyalty gets thrown around a lot. And I think you and I've had this conversation before, but you're only as loyal as the person that's loyal to you within a company sometimes. And like you said, those faces and names change, whether it's through acquisitions, which we're seeing a lot now uh, in the fishing industry. I've I've experienced that personally, just at TH Marine, like things change, right? Like things are are going to change. Uh, And I actually, it's funny, you brought that up. I had that in my, in my notes here because you're a guy, like you said, you're very proud of what you've done, but I, I, you're somebody I think about. And, and, and again, the Jacob Fouts video came out a few, few weeks ago and, uh, and part of it frustrated me just because I, it, and, and I can hear what you're saying there as I don't think a lot of, and I hear this from a lot of young pros that I know that, that yeah. I've gotten to know and they're in their twenties and they think that it's just whether you fish the opens, whether you fish the MPFL, whether you qualify for the elite series, no matter where you're at, that the heavens just open and money falls out because you like to fish and you chose that life. And yeah. I, we see it so much. Yeah. And, and I think we've done a disservice sometimes, though, to these high school and college anglers. Like, the industry wants them in the industry. But they. I feel like we feed them this dream that it's just, hey, man, if you do this, here you yeah. go. Here are the keys to the kingdom. Yeah and, but I but I think about a person like you with all you've had going on for years and I'm like how in the hell did he even focus <laughs> to be able to win the classic to win an AOY to run, because man between everything and and look I know you give Beck a lot of credit because yeah. you guys are a power team and and everybody else that works with you guys but man to do the podcast like you did forever to do all your television endeavors, all your, dude, you are, but you're like that guy for sponsors. You're traveling to all these seminars. Like you got the most out of your classic win that I think anybody ever has. Like you were everywhere, dude. But I think about you when I hear somebody bitching and I'm like, Hey, uh, here's Mike's number. You should maybe call me <laughs> how this works. But is that a fair assessment that you think, and, and maybe it's just that younger generation now that I'm an old man at 40. Uh, but do you think that, and especially I think it's harder now, but do you think that uh, people don't realize how important that sponsor side promotional side of their life is?
3: Yeah. I think it's easy to misjudge that, you know, I, I, I think, you know, maybe using Jacob Fouts as the one extreme, Right. I think it's very naive to come into the sport and not believe that sponsorship is an important thing. Right. So, so I, you know, he knew, (laughs) I I knew as an 18 year old, my first Bassmaster magazine, looking at it, I was like, Oh yeah. Sponsorship is important. Like you, (laughs) I get it. You you know, you don't have to be that intelligent to understand, but I think the level at which it's important it, it slips by some people and, you know, Luke, there's 10%, maybe less of, aspiring tour professionals and then who later, you know, make it less than 10% that can make a living just fishing, you you know, that is the very minute number. Um, and so for the other mere mortals, the other not 90%, you got to know that the business side is 50% of it. And you have to create things on that business side that will carry you through your career or create your career, create your brand, you know? And, and so, and it's not just traditional sponsorships. It's, it's branding and it's creating your own businesses and platforms and outlets and um, you know, finding ways to have income other than a check from a tournament place, you know, coming in the top 50 or coming in the top 10, you got to find those other routes or you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it long, uh, you know, and that's just the the reality of it, you know. Uh, So they got to know. They got to know. And if they don't know, wake up and know right now that 50% of it is not fishing, you
1: know. Well,
2: and and I think leaning on, we get sold a lot of platforms, right? And I'm not taking a shot at any league here, but essentially the anglers are customers. Everybody's still paying entry fees. So, yeah, it's great that you got on Bass Live, but you can't just lean on the fact that, hey, I qualified to be on Bass Live today, and now I don't have to do anything else the rest of the time. I I love that, that you've got to make your own platform. I think you certainly, you did that. And look, you, you did amazing things from being on camera, right? Like that led to the two are married essentially, but you pay for that almost in in tournaments. Right. So I I love that. And look, not everybody has the personality for it. Not, and I I understand that too, but you almost, if you want it to work and Hey, I'm going to, when I go to do my taxes, fishing is my deal. When I sit down with my accountant, whenever we're sorting it all out at the end of the year, talk about how much money I lost. Uh, most of the time when I talk about fishing, uh, but if you want that to be your profession, you've got, it can't just be with a rod and reel and it never had, it's never been that way. Like you said, other than maybe 10%. Yeah.
3: Le- less than 10% and you have to find other outlets. And, and so, you know, I'm here to preach too, not just the sponsorships, because again, you know, sponsors yeah. come and sponsors come and go and yes. you have to know that. And, you know, the reality of it for me is really hitting because, you know, I'm, I I wasn't naive to know that, you know, I look at my heroes in the sport, whether it's a David Fritz or a Hank Parker, or a Jimmy Houston or a Bill Dance. And when you see names like that getting axed, mm-hmm. getting cut, there's no loyalty in this sport, you know, for crying out loud. You're really going to cut the Babe Ruth of bass fishing, you know, like, who would ever get rid of Bill Dance? Like you keep Bill Dance on the payroll till he's not around anymore, he's, no matter what. <laughs> I mean, it's never going to get any better. But yet you see these big companies yeah. Bill's just the number on their sheet, you know, yes. and that's that's gonna happen to me and it's happening to me. I'm I'm aging out of it. I understand that. but I'm so thankful I've created other things. And I I want everybody listening to this to to keep that in mind. So yes, sponsorship is important, but do other things, you know, create your brand and create outlets in your brand, do lures, do colors, do licensing agreement, do figure out other ways to hustle in the fishing industry that will give you longevity. So you're not at the mercy of the sponsor, right? Mm -hmm. Sponsors are great and hustle and work hard for them, but don't be at the mercy of sponsors. That's bad. You
2: know, you can't. Yeah, you can't put all your eggs in that basket either. It's like the rod and reel basket. <laughs> you better be right.
3: figuring it out, man.
1: Right. Uh,
2: it, it's it's crazy. And I something else that I that I had that I, I definitely wanted to ask you is you've always been for the anglers. I mean, trying to get the anglers to kind of, you and I've had a lot of conversations about this over, over the years of, of folks just kind of taking shitty deals for lack of a better term. Right. And like, Hey man, for three packs of worms. Uh, we want you to work 47 shows. (laughs) right and then and then a guy comes in and goes well i would like to get paid x and they're like well we can't do that because we have 15 guys that took three packs of worms so we're not going to give you x and and it's really there's a lot of that that goes on and it still goes on i think people would be shocked at some of the deals uh and i think that's what the the jacob fouts video going back to that is this this because hey, kudos to him for speaking up and yeah. kind of laying it out there. But he took kind of a shitty deal from a sponsor. He's like, I did all this for well, I Forget like seven grand. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't think that was a good idea at the time. You yeah. know. Uh, yeah, God. yeah
3: I, but, I mean, Luke, this is God. We could do a honestly. I know. This, this is so inside of me that we could like literally do probably a 20 hour straight pod 20 hours of this on the on a podcast which maybe people would fall asleep or maybe they would listen but yes like you know it hurts my soul that being in it this long and you know the anglers have never been able to unify or have never been able to get on the same page it really hurts my soul and you, you know it's like Recently, what happened with MLF, and you know, MLF just said, ah, "Here's what we're doing." And the anglers were like, "What?" You know, they're, dude, they're pulling their hat off. They're doing the Kevin Van Dam scratch on top of their head. They're confused. They're, you, you know, and and then all of a sudden, you see this. They're trying to create this organization. Press, press
2: release one press I'm release. Like,
3: yeah, I'm like, guys, you missed the boat. Like for those of you listening to this podcast right now, if you don't know the story, when the leagues were splitting. I mean, literally as it was happening, there was an email circulated around between all the professional anglers at the time. So that's all the beat, the, uh, MLF, old MLF guys, the old bass uh, elite guys, the FLW touring guys at the time. So it was a big email list. I was on it. Yes. And you know, it was an email saying, Hey guys, now is our time. Let it, let's organize above and beyond outside of the tournament organizations as a collective group of anglers, no matter what league you fish, this is the time. And it was, Oh God. And I remember, you know, like, I think there were like maybe 20 responses back out of the 300 plus of the 20 that came back, like 10 were into it. 10 weren't 10 were worried about their sponsors. And I'm like, and it, it, it was just like, and then I see that letter come out and I'm like, God, you missed the boat. We all missed the boat. That was the time, but as much as it hurts me and as much as I wish there was a way, I don't know that it's ever going to happen, man. You know, we've done things here internally to really try to help other anglers and, and try to educate and try to help them with their careers. And they, uh, man, I don't know what to say, but a lot of people just don't, they don't get it. They don't understand. And you know, it really hurts the sport when a top level guy, the best in the world, will work for almost nothing, when they'll put a wrap on their truck and boat for almost nothing, when they'll design a lure for no intellectual, the, you know, that's their intellectual property. They don't want to get paid for it. They're, you know, when so they're not
2: even a thing, right? Like yeah. they just want their name on it just to say their names on it
3: when they're not taking accountability for that, especially as an established pro, well, that trickles just trickles down the line and it's, it's happened. It's still happening. It's unfortunate. I don't know how to fix it. I, 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 we almost got to the point where we're just like ready to wave the white flag and just say, you guys are on your own because we, you know, I would love to change this. And I, I don't know how to do it. You know, I wish, I wish I had an answer on how to change it. You know?
2: Yeah. I was going to say why I don't, I've I never understand why. And I, I get that we're individuals, right? It's an individual brand sort of thing and everybody's right. worried about theirs uh, versus the collective group. But there's all, obviously there's always strength in numbers. Uh, but, but I, I will say this going to the BPT thing and I will not name this guy. I like this guy a lot. But he reached out to me, and he was the one that formed, one of the ones that formed the Angler Protection Committee with BPT. And he called me and he goes, hey, I want you to talk about this. You know, this is what's coming out. And I said, well, okay, what, What's realistically, what are we looking at here? You guys are going to say, F you guys, and we're not signing our contracts. And his exact words were, well, man, I just signed a really big sponsor deal a couple of weeks ago that is contingent on me fishing BPT. And I, when contract time comes, I'm really not going to have any choice. And I said, then what's the point in any of this Yeah, it is what I asked him on the phone. I said, and I told him, I said, Hey, I'm not talking. I get it. Yeah. You got kids to, f- I totally understand, but what's the point? Why are yeah. you trying to do it? If you're, if your heart's not in it, if all of you aren't all in on this and look, there were guys that took a stand and said, well, hey, I'm just going to go choose to do something else. And Hey, hats off to them. And there are guys that stayed and look, I get it. Yeah. I get it. that You, you think you got to have the platform go ahead. Uh, but I I just, it always puzzles me talking to anglers that y- you can never get more than two or three on the same page, I feel like. You know what I
3: mean? Very, very difficult. Very difficult. And the sponsor thing, you know, is is the reason a lot of guys would would never do it or would mm-hmm. never stand up. And the interesting thing about it is that a lot of the bigger sponsors that I've talked to they were rooting for us to do that, like yes. it's the opposite of what you would think, you know. So a lot of these big companies are having the same problems with the organizations yes. that we're having, right? Yes. So, yes, you know, I think a lot of these big companies would would support the anglers organizing, but it's just hard, man. And and you know, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus because no. I I can remember the early stages of my career and you know, you just want to make it. You just want to fish. You know, you're you're living your dream. And I, I get all that. But man, at some point for us to get to the next level, this has got to happen. We talked on the beginning of this call. How the hell was there more money and more visibility in the sport of bass fishing in the late 90s to early 2000s than now? That's <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. It's not possible. Yep. And the reason is we're, we've, we've been taken advantage of a lot. By by people, by the organizations. I would, I would and the organizations. It. And uh it's a shame. It's a shame. But you know, I think I'm getting old and grumpy and I'm getting to a stage of my career where I'm just like, F them, they're on their own now.
2: <laughs> God speed. God speed, anglers. <laughs> I tried to lay, you're like I tried to lay the foundation and teach yeah. you something as I learned by hard knocks here. Yeah. In- and you ignored my teachings.
3: Yeah. So. I mean, part part of me is like, and the other part of me is not because I, I have friends and, you know, people that I admire that are young anglers I, we have, we have a son that's 12 man, loves that it. dreams about doing it. And, you know, so I'm sympathetic from that side, but the other side, I'm just like, man, I had enough. <laughs> I had enough of this, you know? <laughs>
2: Hey, I get it. And I think people, they're scared to speak up or be themselves. You know, it's a very, we live in a very PC industry and I I know you agree with that. And you've always been Mike unapologetically Mike, uh, no matter what. And I'm the same way. Right. And I think that that's something I'd learned from you is, Oh, I can be myself and it's okay. And I think when I have, been very outspoken on this show just like you've been on on your show so many times the number of industry people i hear from yeah it's always mind-blowing oh, that yeah. are true industry professionals that i feel like are the ones anglers fear to speak out in front of and they're the biggest fans of this platform to be honest yeah. like they're like hey thank you for saying that somebody needed to a long time ago. And I know you get, you, you've you got the same thing over the years. And it's, it's yeah. really incredible, man. Like it's okay to be yourself. I think it, a, you see a guy like Matt Robertson, he's just himself all yeah. the time. And there's a reason he's successful because he doesn't try to hide anything. I feel like I love yeah. that.
3: Yeah, it's super, that's super important. And it's refreshing, I think, for people in the industry to hear the truth. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes hard to let it all out. You know, I, I honestly look forward to the day when I'm totally signed off yeah. uh, because, you know, I may have mentioned this to you before, but I honestly have, I have another book that's kind of waiting, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's a part two to, to my book series. And I can't wait to the day that I can release it and be 100% honest and let it all out there. But, you know, I think when, when you talk about, you know, people that have really you know, worn their heart on their sleeve and said what they wanted to say. Um, there's a strength to that. And there's some of the strongest brands out there have that. And, and you know, the longevity of it is, is really the key. And so, you know, like for me, man, I, I've been the same and I, it's been good for me and bad for me over the years, but it's been the same. And I think people realize that and they are attracted to brands that are true. The whole time that are you know that that voice or that image that whatever that is, yeah. if it's consistent, then it's real, and there's there's strength to that, you know.
2: When the reactions are a roller coaster at times, and you've certainly lived that through your yeah. career, the roller coaster of how people react to certain things, but but at the same time, it all like you're saying, it evens out, and it all works out. I feel like as long as you're true to who you are uh and not fake and you're you're certainly not that man and uh you know i I was talking and i say this every time i'm around you just because i have to because i feel like i i have to give credit where credit's due but i i've told the story many times i met you when i was a kid several times at tournaments and you were always just this larger than life guy on tv to me and then i watched you just take time and talk to every kid that's coming up like mr iaconelli can I get a man's stone jig? You know, like I was that kid yeah. on Pickwick Lake, man. And and I just, I've always respected that about you though, man, no matter, because you're like me, you're, you've been divisive. People are like, get that oh. guy out of bass fishing. You know, when you were, yeah. you were going with yeah. the flames on the Jersey, they were like, who is this? Where did this yeah. come from? You disrupted their world, buddy.
3: Yeah. And like I said, I've done a lot, I've done things right in my career. I've done things wrong in my career, but the, the probably the biggest thing that I did right was to put the fans. Number one, they yeah. were right at the front. And it was a lot of what I saw as a fan myself, right? You know, when I was in my teens, when I was in high school, when I was going to these boat shows and sports shows and reading the magazines and you know, the guys I admired were the guys that were spending time, with people. And I always said from day one, you know, if someone, if there's a fan, if someone is taking time out of their day to come talk to you, you've got to reciprocate that. And it's got to come first. It's got to come above. You're mad because you didn't catch shit. It's got to come over media uh, over sponsor. Like it's got to be number one. That fan has to be number one. And um man, I did that right in my career. And I'm so happy I did because it was a mutual relationship. Like I felt like that was the most important thing in my career. I still do. And it also helped me through the low points of my career. So, you know, I've said it before, man. I've I've had in my in my professional career, I've had probably three or four moments where I was pretty sure I was done with it. And Mm -hmm. a few were before the classic, a few were after the classic that I won. But you know, when I look back, it was like those fans really kept me going like they were the ones that gave me the drive and the motivation to continue on with it um you know probably the most most recent one you know was the the mlf thing like i i don't know if i've told you this before on the show but when i was competing over there my last year over there i was like literally depressed like Mm -hmm. how are you depressed what's there to be depressed about i can't hardly explain it but you know a big part of it i think was there were no fans there. Right. (laughs) And there was no fan interaction. And, you know, I missed it. And, but, but it gave me a drive to get back to that. And, you know, you know, come off of the weigh-in stage, you've got one little fish and everybody else has got 20 pounds. Dude, you're I'm mad. I'm sad. I'm, but all of a sudden there's people want to shake your hand and want people that want to say hi, people that want to share a story. Um, God, that's, Dude, that's priceless, Luke. That is that is probably the most important thing that's ever happened in my career is, is that that interaction, you know? I,
2: I get it, man. And you've got thousands of folks that, that care about you. Uh, no matter if you ever weigh in another bass, if you yes. walk in a room where there are a bunch of fish heads, they're coming to – to talk to Mike Iconelli and share stories and and so many of them uh have the same kind of stories that I have as a as a kid. And I know I told that on Ike Live. And and again, since I since I got you here, you guys celebrated uh this year you're kind of changing up Ike Live a little bit. Yeah. And, but but I just want to say uh on here before we move on, thank you uh for doing that show because hey. this right here would never have existed in my life, you kind of—I mean, you—you you in, included me in iCloud so many times, and and really, uh, you and the whole crew up there. I'll even give Brian the Carpenter some credit. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's doing this. He's doing this whole new show thing now. Yeah, it yeah, great. By the way, just almost had a fist fight, virtual fist fight between Blockhead and Milliken the other
3: night. Yeah, that would have been a first. That would have been yeah, a first. That
2: would have been a first. But uh, but yeah, man, I just got to thank you just for being a pioneer, You're like welcome. risking. Uh, I mean. A lot to do what you guys did, man. And I don't think uh there's so many fishing podcasts now, they're everywhere, there's a ton. And I don't think people give you guys credit for where it really where credits do. But for it, what you did. And Mark Jeffries, look, man, Bass Talk Live. Like, I know you you worked yeah. with Mark, like those two shows were instrumental.
3: Yeah, sh- thank you, and shout out to Mark Jeffries for sure. But uh it, it's awesome to be Involved in a podcast. It's one of the things, Luke, I see it, you know, listen, if the tournament fishing for me goes away in five or 10 years, if a lot of the other things go away, that's something I enjoy. And Mm -hmm. I honestly, I want to do a podcast. I want to do Ike live till I can't do it anymore. Like if, till you know, if Beck's wheeling me around in a wheelchair and she can't get me to the studio or whatever, that would probably be when I had to end doing it. Maybe I'll just do it on my phone. Then I going just I was gonna
2: say Beck will put the phone. She'll probably yeah. she'll, she'll have you doing a, a show.
3: Yeah. But it's been, it's been a, it's been a fun process and the same thing, you know, the fans have kept that one going and uh yes. you know, it's just been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of things in my career have been fun, but that premise has really been fun. And, you know, just as a little nod to it, you know, it's interesting. We'd have to do um, we, we've got to do little uh, when they induct you into the hall of fame, they asked you for pieces of memorabilia, you know, and Becky and I really, instead of just saying, ah, oh, here's a bunch of shit from the garage. We really tried to think it out and give like pieces of memorabilia that were important to us and in, in our career. And one of the things in the hall of fame display is an Ike live poster that Steve Donish drew uh, from one of the Aaron Martin shows that we did. And, uh, you you know, I'm proud of a lot of stuff in that hall of fame display, but having the Ike live show represented in that hall of fame was, was important. And I'm glad it's there. You know, I
2: didn't realize that that is uh, that's very cool. Very cool to hear. And uh, you should be proud of that for sure man just i just think about all the iconic just moments and goodness gracious there have been, there have been some good ones buddy
3: been some good ones yeah i mean i'm glad we started Ike live 10 years ago because some of the things that went down in those first couple of years you know in today's cancel culture I, I, I look back and i don't know how we survived some of done. those yeah but uh there's been some really out good. Dave. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. If, you, if, if you're if you watching this one, go back and look at some, you know, look and listen to some of those old Ike Live podcasts. We had some really good ones. You know, we learned really quick after about the second, third year, we had to get rid of Ike Live after hours because, yeah. you know, the, oh, yeah, the shows were two or three hours long, sometimes four hours long. The regular shows, the whole time, Luke, we're drinking, right? So we're drinking beer and drinking whiskey. And so, you know, then we'd go off air. And this is back when the studio was in a different location. There's a bar right there, so then we go to yeah. the bar. We'd be off air for an hour drinking more, and then <laughs> and then someone has the right idea go live again. Oh, that's a bad idea, guys. <laughs> Those are the
2: days, man. Those are the days. <laughs> My fa- And there have been very few LBLs, because I don't do lives that much anymore, but there've been the ones and people that, that the low lifers that keep up, they know the ones where I, I got in the liquor a little bit and I start getting, I start, getting, <laughs> I start really throwing it out there. They're like, Whoa, Whoa. Yeah. Truth
3: bombs everywhere. Yeah. So, good.
1: so I mean,
2: good. That's the best man. It's the, that's that truth ser- serum starts coming out. I love it, man. I remember those and, and damn, I have waited Fat Cat and I were joking about this the other day. I'm like, if I went up and added uh, the hours of my life, I've waited in the waiting room. (laughs) We're waiting for BTC to go. Hey, dude, we're coming to you next. That I've sat here to do a stupid Bill Taylor bridge. Oh man, you guys were going long on something else, and he's like, Hey, man, sorry, we're like two hours behind,
3: (laughs) but we're coming. It's every show. Like when we're together, we always go long because yeah, we, we have no etiquette. And you know, like I'm going long. Dave comes in, changes a story, has something to do with UFOs or Bigfoot or yes. it's a government conspiracy. And then Pete, <laughs> you know, sweet Pete, we call him because he's sw- like he would, dude. Sweet. If a if a fly landed on his face, he wouldn't kill it's, it. He would fact. just like swoosh it off lightly to not kill the fly. And then you know, Pete has no, you know. I'm giving Brian the signal, like, okay, you know, let's, let's get, the next. Yeah. and then Pete comes in and changes the subject. Wants to talk about a crankbait or something running 10 feet. Come on, Pete.
2: Pete is dialed on the, on the details. <laughs> <laughs> Always. He accused me of being Ike and Ellie the other day. I did Bass you to talk to some NPFL <laughs> stuff. And I said, uh, he's like, well, what else do you got going on next year? And I said, well, I've actually got an announcement and it was, co- it was going to be, The next week, and I couldn't say anything. It was abt, but I said because he was like, "What are you fishing? What are you doing?" And I said, "Well, I've actually got an announcement." He goes, "Okay, Ike, you got an announcement about an announcement,
3: announcement of announcement." Uh, Well, it is what it is.
2: I learned. I learned from the master. What can I say? Uh, Well, dude, talk about my world. I know I'm. I'm doing the uh, waypoint thing through the uh, the podcast here. I'm with the Waypoint Collective on the uh, podcast side of it. Great people, but you're doing the My World show is back. Yes. way TV. Let's let's tell folks where they can find that and and what's going on with that cuz I've seen the clips. I've not got to watch the uh the first episode yet, but it's uh it looks big time as usual.
3: Yeah, it's it, it's exciting because you know, again, it's important for us to reach outside of the tournament bubble. And so, you know, that that digital content world is a great way for us to reach out. So, you know, my world is one of those projects and it Dude, it was cool because it was a premise. It's a show where I got to get into the world of a professional athlete from another sport, of an entertainer, an actor, musician. I got to get into their world for a day, and then I got to take them fishing. And it's just such a cool concept. you know. From a selfish standpoint, I want to tell you that my day in their world was a lot more fun for me because yeah. – It was such an eye-opener. Like, uh, you know, our initial episode aired last Monday, 9.30 p.m. on Waypoint was with Lane Johnson. Mm -hmm. And you can watch as much professional football as you want to on the couch, and I do, and not realize how much training and skill and athleticism goes into that sport. So, you know, getting a chance to do a training day, a training camp with Lane, dude, it was incredible. It was incredible. I paid for it. For a few weeks, I paid for it. that out? But it was incredible. So, yes, it's it's been such a fun project. I invite everybody to tune into it. It's definitely a different spin on a fishing show. And, and you know, that's important to us, whether it's this project, My World, on Waypoint. We've got a reboot also of the City Fishing Show coming yes. back on. It's going to probably end up on Waypoint as well. So both those projects, man you know, it's, it's, it's cool for us to do it. It's cool for me to do it. Um, gives me a chance to go fishing without the normal parameters of a tournament, you know? And uh, I love that. I love fishing for other species. Just, just fun project. And here's the thing. So, you know, TV's changing and that's why I don't even like to call it TV anymore because, you know, TV, when we were young, it was a very established thing and you go to TNN or you go to whatever and, watch your favorite guys but it's so diluted now so you know the future really honestly are these digital platforms um you know smart tvs you know all these new ways to disseminate this content that's the future and you know we're happy to partner waypoint because i think at least for the outdoor world they're at the forefront of getting this content so it's yeah. exciting. De- definitely invite anybody to go check it out if they haven't. And unlike a normal TV show, if you've missed it, you can't find it again. You could watch it anytime over on the Waypoint yep. platform, which is really cool.
2: So yeah. do you have you released all the guests or is it kind of a surprise? You're going week by week because I was going to ask you, who. what was your favorite episode but you might not want to give out the guest, I guess.
3: Well, I tell you, season one we've got released, and I, I, I'm, I'm All season one is out. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at Becky to see if she's giving me evil eyes. Yeah, she's say, "What's that, Rebecca?" She's looking at like, she's one show is out. One show okay. is out. Two, yeah, two, out okay, but can I? I can talk about the other shows, right?
1: Yeah,
3: oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> season season one was great, and I really got a nice slice of different sports. So we Lane Johnson in the football world to Martin Truex Jr. in the NASCAR world. Uh, You know, amazing to see what those guys go through. The bowling world, Uh, you know, like this this, you know, that one is, people are like, is that even a sport? And then after bowling with Kyle Troop for a day, 1 million percent professional bowling is a sport. But uh, we did golf. Uh, We did UFC with with Jim Miller. Uh, Just these amazing sports and then season 2 we've got some really cool sports too okay. and it's that nice mix of mainstream sports that everyone knows about to these more you know side side sports and and i i still feel like fishing's one of those right you know we're we're oh, one of yeah. those side sports but um it's been so fun i can't really give you a favorite honestly like i look back at it and each show had a moment that opened my eyes up, whether it was in their world, in, in their perspective sport, or whether it was fishing, they all had moments that were amazing. Um, you know, just to give you a little, a little teaser, getting choked out by Jim Miller and literally going out was the most oh, unbelievably no. <laughs> crazy, ridiculous thing that I've ever done in my life, but I'm glad I did it. I wanted to, I wanted to experience that, you know, uh, Riding a bull, you know, we got to uh got, got to ride a bull with a PBA guy, uh, just unbelievable. Uh, golf, you know, golf's another one of those sports where from afar I looked at it, I'm like, golf, oh, come on, man, yeah,
1: yeah, goofy, you
3: know, <laughs> yeah. And getting to golf with one of the best female golfers in the world, Marina Alex, was incredible, eye opening to see what they do and how good they are. So they all had highlights, man. I can't even pick one for That's you. Cool, man.
2: Well, I think I, through the podcast and through fishing, I've got to meet, you know, a lot of, mu- you know, my love for music. So I've gotten to be friends with a lot of musicians that either they're all in with bass fishing or they've just gotten in. And it's, it's always funny and to go fish with them, no matter how much they say they love it. There are times when you're in the boat and they're like, damn man we haven't had a break (laughs) we're going pretty hard oh yeah i'm sure it's the same when you go train you know what i mean but they're like damn you take this really serious dude it's a tuesday and we're just fishing a little
0: small lake what are you doing
3: that that's the biggest comment i get from especially from the athletes is that there is no reset you know and it's (laughs) it's six or eight or ten hours of pure going you know there there isn't you know a down there isn't a a, a period, a break, an intermission, you know, and um, they're always blown away by the athleticism in our sport, which I think is under talked about, but for sure. they're blown away by it for sure. All of them.
2: And yep. men- and mentally how, you know, sharp, you have to stay for an eight hour day if it's a tournament or just you're out fishing. I mean, you've got to pay attention to so many different things uh, and stay dialed in or you're done in fishing i mean i think that whether you're doing it for fun or trying to do it for a living i think that matters but i, I wondered if you had experienced that because a couple buddies of mine that again hey man I, yeah i fish all the time i love it for, but from another world that they're professional in and and do better than most people do and then you get them in the boat and they're like damn man can we stop and have some lunch
1: <laughs> like, oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's crazy. they're blown away by it. but but you know on the flip side i'm absolutely blown away by what really? they do too yeah. Yeah, I- yeah. And how much training goes into it? You know, I think that was the one that was universally across the board in all of those sports was the amount of preparation and training that they go through to get to the level that they're at. You know, they're the best in the world at their sports because of that training and preparation. And uh, it was an eye opener for me too. I- I'm going to be honest with you. I'm trying to do a little bit, even as an old guy, even as a 51-year-old old guy at the backslide of my career, I'm still trying to take notice of these things. And, you know, this offseason, I'm physically training a little bit. I'm trying to fish once or twice a week. I'm trying to force myself to utilize forward-facing sonar and things that I'm not good at, you know, because I realize the value of that and I realize the value of training, you know. So uh, it's it's been an eye-opener for me.
2: Well, I've seen you with the big swim baits too. That's your, the last couple of years, I feel like I've seen you dabble in that. Is that something that you're kind of locked in step with forward facing sonar on or that that you just enjoy? You know, cause we're seeing that, that technique is something that's kind of blown up, mixing the two, right? Like yeah. that's, that's become very popular.
3: Yeah, I honestly, any of it, any of it that feels different or foreign or new, I want to experience it. I want to try to pull it in. Um, and the funny thing is, you know, it doesn't necessarily even always revolve around bass fishing, you know, big baits yeah. and bass fishing. Yes. Forward facing sonar and bass fishing. Yes. But, you know, I'm I'm trying to saltwater fish and trout fish and all these. I'm just trying to fish because I think a lot of that you can pull pieces of it to make you a better angler, you know. So it doesn't even necessarily always revolve around just bass fishing, but right. just engaging in the sport. You know, I've, I've never been one of the guys that have, you know, uh, retreated when the last tournament's over, they just put the rods up and they hunt or they do other stuff. And I do other stuff too, but I love fishing. Uh, I really do. And so my world fish, my city fishing with Vegas, there've been great ways to help me just keep engaging in the sport. Cause I really do love it, man. I love it.
2: Well, there's never been any doubt about that, uh, at all, I don't think from anybody, man. And we're we're grateful to have you. And you're in the the back part of your career. I'm I'm overhearing that, Mike Iaconelli. I'm going to call you at every event this year and just get on your ass. Pep talk. Yeah. like this is the this is the prime of your career. I'm going to so, yeah, my career. Yeah. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be that I'm going to be that guy for you. Well, uh, dude, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this. You've always been, like I said, you've always been in my uh, corner. And I I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for doing Low Budget Live one more time.
3: Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And uh, remember, watch Ike Live.
2: Always. Mike (laughs) Iaconelli, everybody. All right. That's all she wrote with the one and only Ike. Man, can't thank him enough for coming on. Can't thank him enough for being who he is what he's been in this sport and, uh, interesting commentary there from Mike. And I, and I hope y'all enjoyed that as much as I did. I, I, certainly, uh, I was hanging on everywhere, man. There's, there are great things when he speaks and, and he is so knowledgeable on the history of the sport. He knows where we've been. He sees where we're going. And, and it's always, uh, it's, it's fun just to have a conversation. That's what he and I were actually talking about that all fair is, you know, we, there's so many podcasts that break down the nuts and bolts of fishing, tackle, and all, and that's cool. That's good. That's that's cool. It's obviously not what the premise of what I do here, and not the premise of what Ike Live has ever been. So, uh, it's it's fun just to podcast for me, or just two dudes running their mouths. And having a conversation, not really a, uh, you know, I do have questions here, but Mike, it was funny. He was always, he was reading my mind and he was going to where my next note was to talk about there. And uh, it's just so much fun to have that conversation. So hope you all enjoyed that. Something that I forgot to mention at the show open. I am planning on, so there's only, Christmas is on a Monday, the 25th. So there will no be no low budget live the week of Christmas. We'll take that week off. But I'm, I think that I'm going to do, I think, and we may throw an extra episode in here for Christmas sake. But I think I'm going to do the next couple Mondays live. I think we're going to go live, 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 actually live with some guests, some different things uh, that I'm working on. Okay. I'll keep you posted. View the social media pages for all that. Don't forget RT Tap Room, Suckered Arkansas, this coming Saturday, December 7th, 1 to 5. Myself, Lee Livesey, Caleb Summer on Bill Lowen, the Express team. And I'll be pecking and singing in the corner. Going to take you out with some Bluxy Blues. I'll promise you, I'll probably play this nine times. It's the only song I know anymore. Take you out with that. And I'll see y'all next time.
1: Some town or two below. Sweet. I never could make it last. Spanish moss the Civil War ghosts. Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows. I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway that does not know my name and I don't care, no, I don't care Heading my way for another place And I got three good tires and a spare Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there
0: A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life.
1: Yeah, baby. 6'8 Western. I'll be over there,
0: baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.